like this louder. Get up, get up that Yo, sound. welcome listeners to Don't Be an Idiom. It's the podcast that explores the origin stories of common phrases and idioms. My name is Ryan. This is my friend, companion, um, and co-host. co-host uh, I'm Albert. Albert. That's um, his name. That's his full name. He's, he's like my Madonna. full name. That's it. Yeah. And we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about the history of phrases tonight. Yeah. Like where did that come from? Don't know. Yeah. And that's if we stick to the plan. Well, yeah, we're definitely we don't gonna. Know what's gonna? We'll definitely in between. We'll definitely touch upon some idiom histories at some point after the game, which is coming soon. Sure, 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 sure. But anyway, but, let's talk about our week. How are I, you, Ryan? God, I hate <laughs> hate weeks in general. I, Monday through Friday, just bad, don't even need it. Bad, bad, yeah. So no, but I'm I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to. You know what the problem is? Is that I have to drive every Work. day, and driving dri- makes me <laughs> drives me driving crazy. drives me mad, man. Really, so dude, so people talk about what you don't like about driving. Listen, I love driving. Oh. I'm just saying that these days it seems like <laughs> everyone is just the biggest asshole. Like right, t- turn signals. Nah, no, not no, anymore. No, no, no turn signals. Or just suddenly stopping, like stopping, like all right. So in Philly, that that is very common. Where where like you'll be driving, the person in front of you just come to a slow stop, and then you're, and then you're, just, you're like behind your them. Your arms like, are up. You're like, what's you're like, going on? And then their tur- then their flashers go off. Flash you're like, oh great, okay. And then you can't get into the second lane, the left lane, and then you're like, okay, because there great. isn't. One. I, so I just live here now. I just live behind this car. But on the highway, like people are just, oh, I I kind of miss my. I saw a woman. In the Land Rover, <laughs> miss an exit, s- stop, and then just she didn't know. She's like, "Well, how do I get to that exit?" And people are like laying on their horns. Oh my god! Like you go to the next one, just, and then you, you fucked up. Yeah, you, you you lost your opportunity. You I know, lost your chance. I do. I do think it's funny. Like, so I'm the t- if I fuck up like that and I miss my yeah. exit, I'm just like, oh, and I, I like go to the next one. Well, it's a normal person should right? do. You know what though? Sometimes, like I see so many other people that be like, they'll jump across four lanes to hit their ramp, and I'm like, oh my god, they're like action heroes. It is not cool. <laughs> it is bullshit. No, it's total bullshit. But I, dude, it's and it's killing me. And then you know all of that effort to get to work, right? And then you're at work. It's not like you're getting to the lottery <laughs> show, and then they you're give not, you a bunch of money. Yeah, you're not like, you know. I don't know. Um, you're going you, to do your. You're not navigating. The front cover of the swimsuit. Mo- <laughs> which guys do swimsuit magazines too. Yeah. You're not on the way to your photo shoot to be Mr. Perfect, is what I'm saying. Right. No, I'm not navigating the highways <laughs> to show up for my my men's <laughs> bathing suit photo shoot. <laughs> what is the name of that men's bathing suit magazine? There is there one. I don't know. Our guy's looking at oh, us like, I don't oh, yeah. know. Sorry. We, we do have our team looking <laughs> this our up. tech is, I don't know. We'll get back to you. We got a few people man in the booth tonight and uh, they're going to do the research for us. If they look like they're like arguing this. back there. <laughs> one, they're now one they're of, killing <laughs> each other. Now one of them is strangling the other. You know, seeing someone like a classic, like a uh, strangle, you know, where the other, yeah, one of the guys like, like shaking. Oh, oh. <laughs> I love that. I know. And I feel like you really only see it 
truly in cartoons like like well, homer yeah. simpson and okay, things yeah. like that yeah. but like like to just strangle well i was watching mr bean this morning because it's a weekend and i was having some coffee but like he was in line at the uh hospital yeah because he got a teapot stuck on his hand right and he was trying to skip the line so he pinched the guy two guys in front of him's butt mm-hmm. so then when he turned around he sees he, this other guy and he's like, yeah. you pinched my butt. And yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. And then they get in a fight. Right. Right. That's, that's funny stuff. That's old. Get, that's old time jokes. <laughs> right. And Ron Atkinson still alive. I know, man. Someday. He's got like a 25 year old girlfriend or something. I'm sure. <laughs> that's just, can you imagine being like 25 and being like, I'm going to date an older Mr. Bean. Yeah. I mean, he's still got star power. That's true. But anyway, here's the thing. We have something important that we promised you that we would talk about before we get into the real deal of the show. Which is what? The Guinness Book of World Records? And that is, what is the deal with the Guinness Book of World Records? Right. How did it all start, right? Yeah, well, I I have no idea. Well, two episodes ago, we said we were going to try to figure this out. So I did a little sleuthing, Mm -hmm. and here's what we found out. On November 1951... Sir Hugh Beaver, the managing director at the Guinness Brewery. It's, yeah, Guinness. They're oh. related. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Of, of Guinness you, I beer never fame? thought of that. Wow. Like the Guinness Book of World Records and Guinness Beer. That The thing is related. Oh, that's wild, yeah. It's like one of those things that's like too obvious. Right. All right. So they were out on a hunting trip in Ireland, and they were trying to shoot the golden plover which is like a bird right and the guys in the hunting party were like do you believe that that is the fastest game bird on the market you know and they're like well yeah i don't know really but (laughs) maybe and they're like wouldn't it be great if there was a book yeah where we could tell us all kinds of things like like this this. right so they ended up like hiring these couple of guys and then they were like, go figure out all the shit, like right. all the best of the weirdest of and all the stuff. And then they were going to bind it and put it in like pubs and things like that as like conversation pieces for, wow. for, for that's brilliant patrons. Well, they did. And then it became like so popular that they were like, we got to fucking sell this crap. Whoa. And then they like made a ton of money. Oh, and also it was a way to promote Guinness too, because it was like, oh, the Guinness the name. Right. Right. So you're. Right. So that's the connection. So you're trying to sell beer and you're like, look at this fun facts book, which if a beer, if I went to a bar today and then there was like the PBR fun facts book, I'd be like, this is great. Yeah. Right. I wonder um, how many of those original copies are. They're probably possible to find. When was this? The 1800s? Um, Well, the, it, it debuted in America in 1956. Oh shit. Okay. Got it. But just think, they went on that hunting party in 51. So from like soup to nuts, five years, you are fun. You are fact finding, creating this thing that becomes like so freaking big. Right. It's going over to America and everyone's like the Guinness Book of World Records. And as a child, up until this year of my life, I never went, I wonder if Guinness (laughs) Book of World Records has anything to do with Guinness beer. I never. I don't know. I, I guess I never really thought. I just assumed that there must be different families, you know? Yeah. They have, they each have their own different empires they're dealing with. They've got two. One's got two. One's got two empires. That's right? amazing. 
Well, anyway, these guys, the uh, Witwer brothers. I was going to say, being those two guys, that must have been fun. Yeah. You're getting paid to find all this weird oh, shit out. Dude, they hired twin brothers, Norris and Ross McWerder. McWerder. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Go, f- just go get it. Go yeah. figure it out." They must have been having a blast because they there were in the world. they were already into like statistics for like newspapers. They would like gather statistics for stuff like publications mm-hmm. or whatever. And then they were like, "Well, so these guys are good. Like, let's hire them." And they're freaky twins. And right. then they just started going all over the world and collecting all this stuff. That's so fun. Travel the globe, and the one dude he was doing it until he died in seventy five. By the hands of the IRA, the Irish Republican Army. Ooh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, so I guess maybe next time we'll we'll talk about Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yes, it's a whole different Because that was the other thing. It was like crazy story. Who's, who's more crazy origin or whatever? And like, who are you, Team Guinness or Team Ripley? Yeah. I Although, have to say. I Ripley I, does do different things than, than Guinness. Yes. The it's more cross, like oddities the, and shit, right? Yeah, but the crossover is that like there's a lot of oddities in Guinness. Yeah, I like feel tallest like. man. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, you know. Most balls. But I, I got to tell you, I did a like a little bit of research on Ripley too, and guy's pretty interesting. Oh, shit. <laughs> like pretty darn interesting. Wow, okay. And Bucktooth. He's got a Bucktooth? He's got Bucktooth, uh, yeah. Yeah. Can you believe it? No, I just think it's funny. It's like, I'm Ripley. <laughs> well, anyway, we got to get to the real show eventually. Well, I think that's that's probably now. All right. Just a couple more anecdotes and then. <laughs> I'm not sure there's, I'm not sure there's anything left to say. You see, we're all worded out. We're all here. We're all here, On this man. planet, man. <laughs> oh, that's good. We should talk about being on a planet. It's like Burning Man. Yeah, this is the this is so not the Burning Man of podcasts. <laughs> I was like, this is the Burning Man of podcasts. It's, it's so not that. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's pretty Burning Man up in here. Maybe like one porta potty at Burning Man. <laughs> this is the porta potty at Burning Man of podcasts. Right? Yeah, that's true. And it's full. So anyway. Every time that we do the show, we have to play a game to see who goes first. And I brought a fun one today. Check this out, Ryan. Yeah, thank you for bringing the game again. It's these things. Oh, classic. (laughs) I like that there's still neon pink and neon green. Right? So it's those um, Velcro tosser jobbers. Yeah, but how how are we going to play? Well, I was thinking we could just have a toss and then if we keep catching it, then we'll like do trick shots or whatever. <laughs> that was just my first Why don't idea. we set one up and whoever can throw it. Oh, I like that. We'll lead, it, lead it against the, the back of the chair and we'll right. kind of lob the tennis balls. Like it'll balls. be like the target. Yeah. All right. That's what we're doing. Okay. See you later. All right, like like I was saying, but you missed. Before we get into it, I just had an epiphany, and I would just like to make a little statement here is that, you know, you never, you just never know 
when something good is going to end. And, you know, we, we are on episode 74 of Don't Be an Idiom, which was a fever dream five years ago, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, like, it's just so fun doing it. And thanks so much for listening. That's I just, nice. I just Albert. wanted to say that. That's a nice thing to say. Um, Albert won the game, by the way. I won the game. <laughs> and that's why I'm feeling like, you know. And then he had to go to the bathroom. Spreading some wisdom, some bathroom wisdom. So I guess... Anyway, so sometimes, Ryan, you might find yourself in a bind, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And when you, when you think that there's no hope at all, mm-hmm. you hire the slimiest lawyer on this side <laughs> of the Mississippi, and he finds you a loophole. Loophole? Wow, good one. Yeah. Yeah. Loophole is when... Um, uh, there's like a an unexpected path to a solution that you wouldn't think is normally there. I don't know how to define this word. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you captured the idea, but it's like, here's, here, listen to this, listen to this definition. Okay. It's an ambiguity or inadequacy in a system such as a law or security which can be used to circumvent or otherwise avoid the purpose implied or explicitly stated of the system. I see. Yeah. That's a much better definition than what I gave. No. I mean, but like, that's the thing. Like, who knows how to break that down? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, right. But it's like, that's lawyer talk. (laughs) Of course it would be so jargony like that. Yeah, of course. All right. So I need to guess the origin. So where do you think that comes from? Yeah. I need to guess the origin of loophole. Oh man. Oh man. I'm <laughs> I am struggling with how to come up with a guess here. So I'm gonna start talking and that's my guess, I guess. <laughs> okay, so you're using my method. <laughs> this is I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try Albert's method. You see how for, well that works okay. out usually. So loophole, not that old of an idiom. It's about a hundred years old. So, a picture it. It's 1922. We're in the Mississippi, you know, and there's a couple of towns. One's on one side of the Mississippi River. One's on the other side of the Mississippi River. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there is a guy. Um, <laughs> he is. He's a steamboat guy, and he's, oh, sure. he goes from 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 uh, whatever Terry Terryville to to Windhamton. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respectively. Uh, yeah. Listen, this is a guess. Those we know might where not those be the exact, places are. Yeah, this might not be the actual names of the towns. It's just a guess. And his name was Hunter Tinkletown, and okay. he and he's the uncle. No, he, he's <laughs> the uh, he's the captain of the steamboat. Okay. But he didn't really like to charge people. <laughs> Oh, I get that. I know. He just didn't feel comfortable asking people for money to get on the steamboat and get get taken from the west He's side like, of the east side. You love steamboats. I love steamboats. <laughs> well, listen, Mister Tinkleton. I actually don't love steamboats. I just need to use this one to go visit, go visit my cousin. Yeah, oh, but steamboats. <laughs> so, um, um. So he, you know, but people 
people loved him. You know, people loved his enthusiasm for steamboats. He obviously was the captain of a steamboat. He lived in a house that looked like a little steamboat. <laughs> um, his his wife's name was Steamboat, um, but she uh, she passed away. He's alone. Well, right. He's yeah. a lonely man. Well, you know, they didn't know how to fix everything back then. No, you get the pneumonia, you're done. That's it. So, um, anyway, they uh, the the the. The people that used the boat often, you know, really liked this guy. And so they'd get onto the boat and he's like, no, you don't, you don't pay me. <laughs> and they'd get on and they go across and he does the steam um, whistle. The steam, yeah. Is that, what is it, a foghorn? What is that? Just a whistle to let people I mean, know you're they coming? Make steam like whistles. There's also foghorns. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, I don't know the difference really. Um. Anyway, you know there were these. All these people were like, "There's got to be a way we can pay him for, for his services." Cause <laughs> There's got to be a way to pay. <laughs> he doesn't really have anything. He doesn't have any friends because we don't want to see him dead. Wife off the boat. The wife, unfortunately, yeah. Um, his kids hate him. His kids ran away. Oh, they it's were nice young that he too. had kids. They weren't his. They, they probably were, had a couple. They good were years. his dead wife's previous husband's kids. Oh man, not as good. <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, where am I going with this? They right. They, this is this is the hard part about when you just start talking. So um, they he would they rams it through. No, they'd get to the other side, <laughs> and obviously you got you got to dock to the you know to the dock. Right. You dock you, to the dock? You dock. You can dock at the dock, I guess. It's a verb and a noun? Yeah. What do you do when you're tying your boat to the dock? What's that called? Um, hitching. Hitching. Is it? I don't know. Well, I guess it's more like, a, that's like a post. Oh, like God, hitching yeah. up your post. Man, if, oh, sounds so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just gotta get loose. <laughs> All right. And as he's making, you know, whenever he was tying the... The, the the knot you know in the rope that he was going to use to 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 dock you know he he just got looking at the sky whenever he did that <laughs> <laughs> and he would just really enjoy looking at the clouds in the sky he knew that the the ride was about to it was only moments from ending <laughs> he's getting the knot ready and you know sometimes he when he was finished he was just waiting for the steamboat to get to the other side he'd kind of he'd kind of kneel He'd kneel and he'd be holding the rope. Okay. <laughs> and he'd be really engaged by what was okay. going on in the sky. And people will go, now's, now's the time. Because, you know, he happened to always be holding this uh-huh. this loop of this rope over over a pail. And people would throw their money through uh-huh. the loop into this pail. There's a pail. Where is the? Did he put the pail there? If the pail is used for other things, is it it's on not, the boat or on the dock? It's no, it's on the boat okay. on the on the deck. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and then and then if they got and, it in, that's good, right? Well, they all, all would really try to get it in because they <laughs> they wanted to pay him, and you know, eventually he'd move 
the piece of rope and they'd be like, all right, let's not put any more money in there. <laughs> we like to put it through. The- we got to buy groceries <laughs> this weekend too. We got to put it through the, uh, it has to go through the rope, the rope hole thing into the pail. Yeah. And anyway, he would, he would throw it. He would dock. Everyone would get off. They'd say, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. And he'd come back and he'd see on the deck, this pail filled with cash and coins. And he'd be like, I'll be damned every time. How does this happen? What How great fate has alighted upon me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, people felt that that was a loophole to pay Hunter Whoa, Twinkletown. And it to, went through the loop of the of the rope, rope that he used. Perfect. To, to dock. I wouldn't say it's perfect. Well, it it was a long way around, but we got there, and that is. Um, a great guess, <laughs> but it is not the origin right. of that idiom. Yeah, I, I sorry for I'm sorry uh, for how long that was. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't long as far as time goes. It was like long, like a long trap. Like it, you feel it tiring you out as you walk <laughs> through the mountains. <laughs> Thank you. What's the uh, so? What's the history of this? This is why some people are turning into. All that. right, all right. Here we go. So before I get started, I'd like to say that I've been thinking about this one for a long time. All right. And um, so now I'm doing it. Great. I'm 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 ready. All I'm right. listening. Well, Ryan mentioned a loop and a rope, and the thing is, it is not have anything to do with that kind okay. of loop. All right. All right. So you could just get that right out of your head. It's out. It actually comes from a 16th century architectural feature in castles. Castles, castles, castles with all the loopholes in them. Very fun. So what is a loophole, right? Yeah. All right. So I imagine it's like when you're going up. Remember when we were on that castle um, when we were in Spain or France? It was like one of the last stops we made on our road trip, right? Mm -hmm. And then we went up that spirally kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, there were loopholes in that thing, which are these little slits um, that like it lets like air and light through. Oh, sure, yeah, I've seen those. But they be they ended up becoming designed specifically for archers. Oh, so that you could defend the castle, and you had enough like no one could really hit you because you'd have to right. be so I mean, precise. Yeah, like, yeah, you had a like this ability to move because right, like they were some of them were in like cross shapes and all the stuff, and because of the. Um, like the design, like because of the building being curved like that, it's like, yeah, the odds of them hitting you are like nothing, but you could right. like really get a good range out there. Yeah. And uh, so that's where the term comes yeah. from. So that's a loophole. Those are called loopholes. loopholes okay. Yes. But so I guess the, what we're all wondering is, all right, so what's the connection to that being a, an ambiguous exactly. thing exactly. left out? Well, before we go forward, let's go back a little bit more, right? So <laughs> the earliest reference to them, they were just called loops at one point, mm. um, L-O-U-P-E, and that goes all the way back to like the 1300s. Wow. Now, um, we're going to, I just want to throw a couple little OED references in here because like it, it brings a what sense of uh, authority Okay. Yeah. To, with the things I'm trying to say. So. All right, when when they're referred to as like loops, the in the 14th century this is like the earliest reference to that. It's in, from William Langland's narrative, Piers Plowman narrative poem. He's doing right, mm-hmm. and it's written in Middle English. And he says this: Each cheek stump 
Pat no liop yin all lower ni at loop. Do you want to maybe just read the English translation? Which means let chains close every chink so no light leaps in at louver or loophole. Oh, okay. So you're like filling in the space. Yes. Chain like. Right. Okay. So the idea is that like where, where, where did it all come from? An etymological kind of idea. There is this. Dutch word lupin, mm-hmm. which means to watch. Oh. So you could watch through the loopholes, but then also shoot people. <laughs> I like that. It's a, we took a lot of things from the Dutch. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Wait, didn't we like just going way back? What was the uh, term we were talking about today? <laughs> well, we were talking about the name Casper. Not, and but then also wasn't there very that, that sense of co- coziness? What, what were we talking about? Oh, hig, hig. Yeah, the idea of being like is that Dutch? Cozy, that it's uh, used in Denmark and Norway, but maybe it's there's probably a similar Dutch word. Oh, okay, I'm sure these D words. <laughs> You're a D word. I am a D word. <laughs> All right, or. It also may have come from glupen, which means to spy or lurk, and to watch with narrowed eyes. You're mm. like squinting and mm. like like it's very um arch, you know? Yeah. You're like, I'm a villain. Yeah, very villainous. Yeah. So, okay. Now, another reference here is from the first time that, that loophole was used, which is in fifteen ninety one, William Garrard's Art of War. And it says that not one of the town do so much as appear at their defenses or loopholes. So that was just like a very, um, you know, they're, they're talking about people being at their shooting posts there. Okay. You know? Yeah. Then in the 1660s, it comes to mean like an outlet or means of escape. All right, and then sense. by 1700, that's when we get that sense of ambiguity uh, or inadequacy to the rules or laws that allow somebody to evade provisions. Because I guess like it goes from escape to evade. Yeah. And so like, right, escape, evade. And like also you could use like, my thing is, is like, well, okay, so how does it come to mean um, like this legal loophole thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you know, first you're watching through the loopholes, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting, you're seeing things maybe that not everyone else is seeing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Loophole. I see. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you're on the attack like an archer. Wow. Right. Right. right? That's really interesting. Like a lawyer loophole. Mm-hmm. And then even you're escaping because of your ability to see and attack. Yeah. That's, so that makes loophole, a lot of sense. You know yeah, we get it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> that's that's crazy. So that's I mean, the thing. Crazy. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I think the problem with this idiom is that it's like there's not a whole lot to figure out why it's no, but I think you just did it. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. to me, that's like using just a little bit of what they call a common sense. <laughs> Very good. I bet you got some fun facts regarding it. Uh, I did. I, ga- I got a couple of little fun facts because I felt like you deserved them, right? Thank so you. I want to do a couple of little loophole facts. So, you know, um, the idea of a loophole went back even farther. It just wasn't called loophole. It was also called an arrow slit, an arrow loop, or even a balustraria. 
Is that in Italy they call it that? I think that would be in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, one idea you should just know about loopholes is that like it's often in this like kind of a curved thing because you're inside a lot of times the stairwell or whatever. So it's like that For gives a tower. you this. Yeah. So it gives you like a, an oblique angle, a big field of view. Right. Um, and the, they, it is believed that the invention of the arrow slit, uh, mm-hmm. was attributed to Archimedes, Whoa. which I feel like I remember from like Disney movie wizards or something. Mm-hmm. And it was during the siege of Syracuse, which goes to oh, like, that was like back in Sicily like or 214 BC. Well, anyway, so yeah, can you imagine being an ancient Greek mathematician? No. Must've been fun. I bet you were wearing robes and you're all bald. And white hair. <laughs> I feel like that's, yeah, what they all, that's what they all did. That's 100% what Archimedes looks like. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got to be living the good life, too. If you though, right? Google image Archimedes, and he is not <laughs> bald with a big old robe and a big white you know, like a beard. potato sack and no shoes. If he, if he doesn't look like a potato sack, <laughs> I'll he's give you like, 10. I'll Venmo you $10. Like, but I'm comfortable in my mind. My mind with numbers. Um, but the archaeological evidence says that it might go back all the way to the Egyptian Middle Kingdom forts of 1860 BC. Jesus, that was a long time ago. Yeah. But my thing is like, what were they? I guess they had. What were they, they thinking had, about? Did they, did they have bow and arrow in yeah. Egypt? So Probably. cool. Probably. So cool. I feel like everyone figured that out. So cool. I mean, yeah. And they, and they, yeah, yeah. Cause I feel like I've seen like Anubis like holding a uh, yeah. bow and arrow. Well, yeah. They give them pyramids and aliens and. All that stuff. So anyway, it actually it actually and aliens. It actually goes <laughs> it could go back all the way to the Egyptians. And yes. Okay. I wanted to give one other little thing. Since we've been talking about holes quite a lot, right? Yeah, quite a lot. Right. Um, you might have never heard of this hole, which is called <laughs> mouse holing. Well, I've seen those in cartoons. Right, right. And actually, this does this does remind me a lot of uh, a cartoon. But, like, there's this military tactic okay. called mouse holing yeah. in urban warfare, which soldiers, um, like, just essentially blow a hole in a wall. Yeah, and they run through it. And then it. they, like, run through it and start shooting it. Yeah, shit. And that's called mouse holing. I didn't know that. I, I feel and like I've seen that in, like, Saving Private Ryan or something. Exactly, yeah. Um, and... I just thought it was really interesting because like, especially in cartoons when the, they mouse. run through the wall yeah. and then it's their body shape. <laughs> I want to do that before I die. You want to run through the wall and it leaves the like, outline, perfect outline like, of your body running. Yeah. And it's just like me running through yeah. the. Jim like, Carrey did it in the mask. That's what I mean. Like stuff like that. Like, Dude, we'll figure it out. I just want to do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. Well, anyway, don't be a mouse hole, everybody. That's a wrap on loophole. Right, well, thank you, Albert, for that interesting idiom history. I hope you show me a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a... You put a cross hole, a crossbow in there. <laughs> that one looks like... <laughs> a face. Looks like a face. <laughs> That's pretty good. These are... Cross. It's, it's interesting comparing 
These are all the different types of loopholes. Oh, that is interesting. And I then see, they use them for guns later. I after. see Skenfrith. That sounds very like Swedish Skenfrith. or something. Trematon, Manobreer, Kenilworth. All right. These are all all kinds of Pink loopholes, Floyd people. songs. <laughs> if you got if you want to start your own Pink Floyd style band, all you have to do is look up the names of loopholes, and that's that's your first album right there. Could you imagine being the loophole guy? Like you go to a you, yeah, you go to a castle and you're like, mm. it's Trevor Ton. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and like whoever else is standing there is like, okay, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, but you are rich. <laughs> you are like you're rich. You got the loophole guy's rich. The loophole guy's well, because does he build the loopholes? I thought he was just coming and like identifying them. He's like, yeah, <laughs> no, he's a, not rich. That guy. <laughs> no, I was thinking of a guy like. Today, like you're in Scotland visiting a castle and, you know, a few people that don't know each other all like, you know, looking out the, the loophole and he's like, yeah, they call it a loophole. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Trebitons, so get a friends. Let me see. And he like kind of takes his glass off. He's like, oh, that's a Trebiton. Uh, I can tell by the. And, and we're like, and now you live here, but you're acting like it's the first time you've examined that loophole. And he kind of puts his glass down. He's like, what? <laughs> Just, uh, and he just kind of turns around and he faces the wall <laughs> and that's the loophole guy he knows how to get out of a tight situation he does alright well we'll take a little break I guess I guess <laughs> <laughs> and uh I hope there's snacks there, there's no snacks yet no This show was sponsored by Laffy Taffy. Taffy. So thank you. I used to love getting that big Laffy Taffy with the sparkles in it. Sparkle Cherry Jerry. Remember that? Do you remember when we tried to get Rolling Rock to sponsor us? Tried? (laughs) We wrote a whole fucking song about a cowboy and his horse who go into hell and and Satan looks like a... What carrot? Co- a carrot. The, ca- the horse, the eats, horse it. eats the carrot, and they they break out of, out of hell. And it's all about rolling rock beer. They didn't, they didn't even call us back. I know. Whatever. I guess that was, was a lot of free promotion for dude, them. That song. We'll rules. never. We'll never see them rolling rock bucks. Maybe. Maybe if we get famous for something else, <laughs> like breaking the law. <laughs> Breaking the law, breaking the law. All right. Um, yeah, let's do that. I'm going to get started in a moment, law. but Albert said he has like a thing to add, even though I thought we already finished I with do. it. What is? Yeah, he told me that. You're like, oh, you, you like made this ridiculous noise during our break because you remembered that you forgot to oh, say something. Yeah. So real quick, I mentioned on my part, loophole. <sighs> yeah. And I thought it seemed like sort of a cousin of deadline. Hmm. 
mm-hmm. loophole deadline loophole deadline <laughs> deadline loophole i mean they're both two syllable words and they both have like killing stuff yeah the archers and if you cross the line you get shot army and... stuff yeah that's good al right so it's like we're cousins now listen if you can't tell from the way we can speak <laughs> from our natural you know conversational skills we were not born with silver spoons in our mouths hey now you already did this one did i <laughs> <laughs> no that'd be crazy right I'd be if like, our minds yes. got that bad <laughs> my mind is almost that bad silver spoon classic it's a classic I've been meaning to do this for a little bit. What's the uh, definition? It means you are born rich. Right. Inherited wealth. Oh, man. To have that silver spoon in hand. Give me that. That's got to feel good. Being a baby. Yeah. Being a big old fat baby. And you're just like... Looking at all your silver spoons, you're like, this is going to be a good life. Dude, that is so great. Right? They don't even know. They they don't even know, which is kind of also part of the meaning of silver spoon. Like, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouths. They don't know they don't anything understand. about having They don't to, even know anything other yeah, than this. Like labor and, you know, right. working hard and, you know. You so know, it is a little, it can be kind of like a put down in that I, way. Well, I'm, yeah, I feel like it. Well, it often, is anyway. It right. often is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah you're like a spoiled brat, yeah. maybe. Or, um, but if you're the one with the spoon. But that's a good feeling. Yeah. Listen, Ooh. Albert and I, yes. we think being rich is cool. <laughs> I mean, look, at this point, what else is going to make life <laughs> exciting? It's just cash. Money, money, money. Cash injection. Um, this is the sweet cash injection episode, actually. Yeah. All right. So, Albert, what's your guess? Um, how did this come into popularity? Oh God. As, <laughs> as a, like really a nickname for show. for rich kids, because really rich kids could have been called anything. Could have been right. called so why horse form of this horse babe. Silver spoon in your mouth, right? Sure. A pony dude. All right. Here we go. Crystal toilet. All right. Um. So okay. So this comes from Texas, this one. Really? And there was a um there's a big time uh like I think he started off as like having like he was like a ranch guy, he had the big ranch, lots mm-hmm. of cows, all that stuff. Then he runs for mayor. Yeah. He gets up there, governor, all that. He big man, big man um physically big in Texas. Physically big, big hat, white suit, the Love whole, it. the whole everything, right? <laughs> Love it. So this guy is just make, he's a self-made man. Um, he's got money from like the ranch and stuff, and then like also all of the endorsements and all that sort of stuff, right? So, but he wasn't. Um, well, he's a politician, so you know, politicians. I don't know if you know this, tend to have a little bit of a, a yeah, gre- a greasy side. Oh, you know what I mean? okay. And, and he didn't believe in banks, right? Love that. So he knew that the, the big money was in... Um, silver. Oil. Well, oh, silver. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's Texas tea, but then, like... Silver is the oil but, of the land. But you then you convert it to silver, so that way that you can, you know... Because mm-hmm. you don't want to just carry around a bunch of oil all the time. That's crazy. <laughs> you put oil in your wallet? <laughs> yeah. 
It's like taking the dude. That was a great dinner. Is this enough? That'd be so cool. If people were trying to like bring that into fashion, you know? Pay with oil. All right, so yeah, he was a silver guy. There's nothing crude about using crude. <laughs> right, so he's a silver guy. Um, and, you know, he really believed that it was, it was all about big money, big Texas, big family. Mm-hmm. So um, lots of wives and, you know, lots of kids and mm-hmm. then lots of grandkids mm-hmm. and all, like all that stuff. Yeah. So like they had this big old ranch yeah you know but nice really nice like crazy nice and he had this habit of whenever a child was born whether it was his or his grandkid or whatever like that um real quick when the baby came out he'd be like yeah silver spoon and he would just <laughs> pop he would pop, pop it silver spoon right in there uh-huh. because um there was like this like tax loophole thing where it was like whatever the baby comes into this world with is like not taxable or something. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, like he would always be like, "Well, that so spoon that, that you know, that's that's Can't just tax there, me on that spoon." You know? Yeah. And he would just do that over and over and over again and then, you know, he had this giant collection of Silver spoons and um, <laughs> that's why you can end there, and then and, that became like popular thing. And uh, yeah, people people knew about that. It'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be born with a silver spoon in your mouth? Not have to pay taxes like, on your spoons. Big tax regs. <laughs> and then they're like, you know, he's just cheating, right? Um, but he was above the law. Above the law, yeah. That's great. Is that your God? Sorry, God. <laughs> no, it was good. I like the, I like the big text guy. I need to take. I don't really get idiom. him shoving spoons in people's. <laughs> but you know, my my ship people were putting money through the the hole into the pail. So, right. Listen, guys. Let's see you guess some idiom histories. Yes, shit's hard. Seventy four times. <laughs> <laughs> but also, we did sign up for this job. You know. We did. So we can't complain about the work. Right. And, you know, the bosses are pretty cool. (laughs) Cool. All right. So we're actually going to get out of Texas. Texas got nothing to do with silver spoons. All right. This is England. Oh. Always coming back to England, people. But, I mean, silver. Silver spoons have been around since at least the 13th century. Yeah, I mean, spoons still look silver. Spoons do still look silver, yeah. But they're not, though. Well, think about, let's let's all just think about the spoon in general. This is a utensil that we all use that's been around forever. You know, think about being like a caveman and you see some goop that you want to drink. Yeah. You find a seashell, that's your spoon, right? Yeah. You're using it to feed yourself. The real whiz kids in spoon lore is when they put a handle, handle on that Handle on that, right? yeah. That's a big step up. I mean, it's arguably the most important utensil. It, you, it, can, you can do it a lot run, with it. It could run for utensil president. Right. You, yeah, that's your favorite one? I mean, like, well, okay. Mm, this is a tough one, but like if you're if someone's like fork, spoon, or knife, mm-hmm. 
forever. That's all you get. <laughs> You'd go with the spoon. I don't know. Yeah. I guess knife might be the smarter move because you could chop through the Amazon yeah, rainforest. But well, I'm not going for fork. No, no, no. No, and I do want to make a comment about forks <laughs> after I'm finished the spoon talk. So, um, some other things about spoons, you know. People used to carry their utensils with them. And this is something that went on into like the Middle Ages where you would show up to someone's house for dinner perhaps and then you'd take out your, your own owns. fork, spoon, that and knife. That is fun. Yeah. And also, you know, I do want to talk about the fork, but I'm going to hold off for a second. <laughs> Dude, I love that. That is so fun. That um, what, what, bringing your own, yeah. own utensils? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. Like, you could be like, check these bad boys out. Yeah. And in the, I had mentioned that, like, the first time, like, silver spoon is even seen in writing is in the 13th century. It was on some king's list of things that he required for his, his, the, some journey he was going on. Yeah, and it said spoons. silver spoon, you know, in sure. there. So for a couple hundred, a couple hundred years later, it started becoming really popular for, children that were being baptized for their godparents to gift them a spoon mm -hmm. or if they had enough money a set of spoons oh. and it was there were 13 spoons you know what was on these spoons yeah what do i want to know i mean do you want to guess cow moon jumped over <laughs> no the spoon the apostles and the 13 <laughs> the 13 stinks <laughs> i s Oh, P.U. That is fucking boring, dude. Well, listen, in a way... Kids do not give a shit about the apostles. <laughs> well, first of all, they're babies. They don't even know well, they're getting right. These. But these spoons had... Sometimes they also had saints depicted on them. Okay. The Virgin Mary was sometimes mm -hmm. the 13th spoon, so she's okay. not an apostle. Okay. Yeah, sure. Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary, okay. <laughs> sometimes Jesus would be the 13th spoon. Right. But... Sometimes it would have martyred saints on the spoons as well. Oh, cool. So that would be kind of cool because you'd have... Like, oh, bloody boy. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a bloody boy. <laughs> um, but you'd have someone like St. Andrew, or, or St. Simon, rather, holding a saw because he himself was sawn asunder. Oh, was he? Yeah, so him holding... He's like, you know what they're going to do with this, right? <laughs> Yeah, like you have a spoon with a with a saint on it. Wow, They're holding the thing uh, that probably killed them. Wow. That's yeah. that's a little morbid. I like that. <laughs> so this was really popular for for hundreds of years. And it it kind of became equated with being in a, one of the wealthier classes because if you're being gifted yeah, thirteen spoons. spoons all made of silver, then you clearly have, you know, connections with with people yeah it's a status symbol it's a status right? symbol yeah. yeah oh la la <laughs> oh la la <laughs> but when did this come into print when did silver spoon hmm. first get used idiomatically we see it in the 1700s okay it was an english translation of don quixote hey and so oh my gosh yeah Remember that's back at episode 10 we had some don quixote shit well right it was a tilting at windmills right yes you guys should go back to that episode. Wow, man, we were actually. I wonder what that would we sound were much like. Much younger then. Yeah. Well, not I mean, like five, six years younger. Yeah, but oh Jesus, that's a it lot. Matters. <laughs> that matters a lot. <laughs> but the line is, "Mum Teresa," quoth Sancho, 
"'Tis not all gold that gl- glis- glisters, and every man was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth." Hmm. So, every man was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth. It's believed that this was probably already a common phrase in English, but it just right. had not been written down. Because there's also a collection of Scottish proverbs from 1721 that was published. And one of the proverbs was, every man is no born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And there was also an explanation of what that meant. Every man is not born to an estate, but must labor for his support. Mm. So it's just a reminder that, like, listen, you, you're not, you're not going to be born rich. Most people are not. You might get a spoon, but you, it might not be silver. You might get a wood spoon, or you might get someone to spoon you. Oh, that sounds nice. Ew. Well. What if it's a bear? <laughs> cocaine bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. This episode is uh, sponsored uh, by the uh, new Ray Liotta film, oh, Cocaine Bear. Oh, thank God Bear, we mentioned our Ray Liotta Directed by Elizabeth us. Banks. He's, he's unfortunately passed away. From beyond the grave. <laughs> <laughs> So cocaine bear. Well, wait, no, no. I'm talking about spoons okay, and shit. Yeah. So, right. Um, so that's pretty much like all we have on the silver, the, like silver spoon is be- becoming an idiom. But there are similar expressions in other languages. Like in Portuguese and Spanish, it's tra- uh, translated to born in a gold cradle. Oh, sure. Yeah. So that's like equivalent to ours. But the question is, did anybody actually have gold cradles? Um, maybe. Because they really had the silver spoons, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I will say this. It's an, it, it makes perfect sense why that would get related to a rich kid. Uh-huh. Like a silver spoon, look at that collection there, pretty nice. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's probably not even worth it me going through all this history. <laughs> No, no, but I'm just saying, like, we could, like, whoever grabbed that up for the first time. Yeah. Good. I felt, because, I like, felt good being the one. Everyone who didn't is like, come on. Yeah, obviously. You got to get that. So the fork comment I wanted to make, you know, people did not use forks up until the 1500s, like the late 1500s. Isn't that crazy? Really? Well. So it was it, all spoons? It, it was a lot of spoons and knives and and. You know, before the 1500s, people were just stabbing the inside of their cheeks all the time because they were using really sharp knives. Like, they weren't huh. using dulled down knives that we use today. So you're saying that they use they used The knives. knives that they would use to cut the meat, they would use to put it in their mouths. Sure. Or, which was more common, even through the mid-1500s, was people would just eat with their hands. Sure. You know? But, like, and there were, there were some... They looked like sort of pitchforks, like those two-pronged mm-hmm. forks that maybe oh, were yeah. used oh, yeah. at fancy estates, at, at, you know, like villas and chateaus, they would have those. But mo- your common person did not really have that. Dude, could you imagine going to like a super fancy, uh, like people wearing wigs and stuff mm-hmm. kind of dinner and there was like all that all those like plates and right. forks and spoons or whatever, you have to like use the right one and yeah. you were trying to practice, but you forgot everything. Well, I was reading like at the height of all of that, you know, like the, the super wealthy, you know, mm-hmm. Renaissance era people, there would be like 20 different utensils that you would know, have to know how to use. That's crazy. And in the, in the 19th century, these, it, it was like, 
They were called Silver Fork novels where people wrote about the aristocracy and like mm. it was like lots of like how they acted and what the what the customs were, but like they were fiction. And um but it was mostly mm. middle class people that were writing these ar- aristocratic they were called Silver Fork novels. But um Caterina de Medici, yeah, I think the Medici family just controlled everything right. in the 1500s. And Caterina was um, she was visiting her cousin who was some French, whatever, diplomat or aristocrat. And um, she was sitting at the table and everyone's, you know, like eating with their hands as they did. This was 1535. And she pulls out her silverware and she's and, and it's Whoa. a fork. And she says, um, ladies and gentlemen, grasping the flesh from the plate with your fingers is considered intolerable in the city from which I come. There are better methods. Observed. And then Whoa. she like takes out a fork. And everyone's like, what? You're going to use a fork? That's the devil's tool. It looks like a pitchfork. Pitch sure. she, but she was clean, right? Her hands were clean. She didn't. Her napkin was clean. She was able to maintain a more pristine environment oh around God. herself. Could you imagine just like a whole table of people eating like dogs and, and you so like, there was like, check uh, this out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that must have been like so bizarre. Right. So you can you can thank the Florentine noblewoman, Caterina de' Medici, for that. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> Catherine. So yeah, that's that's pretty much a wrap on Silver Spoon. Maybe nothing, nothing mind blowing in there. I just, uh, I just was Maybe curious. No one learned anything in either of these. Maybe <laughs> more, but you know, sometimes I, I, that's how it goes. Well, listen, I you know, there's a there's not many more idioms with with you know at all with with stories, um, really. But I you know. Loophole. I now I know where the loophole came from. And now Silver Spoon. I know about Silver Spoon. I mean, I think these are fine. That's what the show is all about. Listen, we have Doobie Monster co- koozies. Oh, you want to get one? If you go to don'tbeanidium.bandcamp.com, you can order them there. They're rad. They've got a squid tentacle werewolf high five, and they say Doobie Monster on them. If you're a patron to our Patreon, you will get one. Just sit tight. Yeah, sit tight. We are it's, packaging it in a whole deal once the shirts yeah. come in. We're, we're getting some other things together, and so that'll be coming to you. So don't even bother, um, you know, ordering it. Uh, if you would like to become a patron, five bucks a month. You're um, gonna love it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really change your life all that much, <laughs> but it does allow us to, you know, It'll update our change. equipment, um, yep. get merch, send it to you. And just a way to support, you know, the arts. Yeah. And support some Philadelphian dingbats who have to keep moving their studio because yes. our lives are jokes. Right. And it'll change your life knowing that it changed our life. And that is what it's all about. Let's get a round of applause for that. And That's a great if comment. we can get another, a smaller table, it would be nice. <laughs> this is the small table episode. <laughs> We're in like an We've abandoned. Been under construction. Oh man, this has been rough. We're like in an abandoned room in my house. I had to like get a fold out table. It's funny. We've been, we've, don't be an idiom has been on the move the last couple of weeks. I know, man. It's, oof. And you probably didn't even notice. Well, we've told them. Hmm. Well, listen. 
As we always say, if you made it to the end, thank you so much for sticking around. We love you guys. We do. We appreciate your support. And, um, you know, all everyone outside of America, so cool um, if you're tuning in still. Yeah. And thanks a lot. And send us an email, idiom at gmail.com if you want to say hey or if you want to know more about forks. Yeah. And hi to the New Zealand fans. Oh, yeah. Hey, New Zealand. What's up? If anyone wants to fly us out there for a live show. No problem. Just, yeah. We'll come. Yeah. Someone's got to. I don't know. But you have to show us the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> They're probably like, oh, Marone. Oh. I don't want to talk about the Lord of the Rings oh, anymore. No one's talking about Lord of the Rings anymore, are they? <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right. Well, Flight of the Concords, though. Oh, man. Wow, they're good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, until next time. Don't, don't be, be an, an idiot. idiot. Babes shining through my sunglasses.